Hello, everyone, and welcome to this August podcast looking at trends in the global urea market. I'm Gavin Chong, the VP of Fertilizers for Asia, and today I'm joined by Carl Roach, our senior editor based in Singapore. Today, we will discuss the latest developments in the market and what we can expect for the third quarter. But to start, Carl, what have we seen so far during the second quarter in terms of prices? Hello, everyone. After firming through the first quarter, urea prices trended lower during April and into May before finding some stability mid-month. This downtrend was mainly because of slowing seasonal demand after a strong period, which saw the overall market move into surplus for May shipment. The oil price crash in April saw freight rates collapse, which impacted CFR levels, and this is part of a wider revision downwards in energy costs, which I'll talk a bit more about later. Also, industrial demand has been hit by COVID-19, impacting pre urea prices especially as factories remain closed. In early May, India's MMTC bought around 630,000 tonnes, and this created a platform permitting some price stability. Prices then traded largely narrow before increasing during June, led by demand east and west of Suez. US prices have risen in recent weeks on the back of demand for rice application and also buying for re-export, This came after a sharp fall between mid-April and mid-May as demand stalled. Brazil is now in season, and prices have also increased week on week, as the lowest offers disappeared, forcing some importers to pay higher prices to secure tons. Other importers took this as a signal to cover earlier forward sales. And in China, domestic demand remains robust for summer application, which has seen exports stall, and price indications hold above $230 a tonne FOB for both pruled and granular urea. Thank you very much, Carl, for that. Let us now focus on demand. What have been the highlights in recent weeks, and what do you foresee driving the market in the coming weeks? The general theme is that agricultural demand has, in the main, remained healthy. After the initial caution and impact on currencies from COVID-19, things have settled down. With fertilizers and agriculture classed as essential, wider COVID-19 restrictions have had little impact. In some countries, it's actually led to an increase in urea demand as governments try to shore up domestic agriculture, such as in the Philippines with its rice resiliency project. But as I mentioned, industrial demand remains significantly lower. For the major markets, India will definitely be an active buyer over the coming months. Domestic urea sales in the first two months of the fiscal year, April and May, totaled 3.12 million tonnes, so up by 1.2 million tonnes over the same period of last year. And early June sales are also running ahead year on year. Karif season plantings were around 4% ahead of last year at the end of May, and the outlook is for a normal level of monsoon rainfall, which is actually positive for fertiliser demand. All of this highlights the need for more urea imports. And RCF has just called a tender closing later this week, under which it will likely target over 1 million tonnes. Australia has also been an active buyer with a heavy lineup of cargoes from the Middle East and Malaysia primarily. Urea demand is expected to exceed 2 million tonnes this year, supported by good rainfall on the East Coast. After successive years of drought, farmers and growers are keen to maximise yields this year. Australian importers have been regular spot buyers of Middle East urea this quarter, and this demand will likely continue for July loading. And in Thailand, buyers stepped in to secure spot tons ahead of the peak application season starting late May or early June. 
much like Australia, improved rainfall this year after a drought last year has been supportive of demand. But most of the remaining demand will be covered by contracts as term customers take full tolerances through to August. And in the West, the US had a strong season during the first half of 2020, but demand will now slow as it enters summer. Profitability for US farmers is marginal, and this will remain a wider, long-standing concern. Government payments have supported farm cash flow over the last three years, offsetting low crop prices, but these were one-off programs designed to counter the effect of coronavirus and trade war with China, and they cannot be assumed to continue. As mentioned earlier, Brazil is now in season, so it will consistently pull in an average of 500,000 tonnes a month through the remainder of the year, so it will be active. Thank you, Carl. You've mentioned earlier about energy costs and how these have fallen over the year. Can you elaborate on this for the listeners? And also, could you also explain the relevance for the coming quarters? The general fall in energy costs this year is a key factor, whether it be Henry Herb and TTF Gas, China LNG or China coal prices, all have fallen this year. Many urea producers have benefited, meaning they could be competitive exporting at lower price levels. As an example, Argos consulting analysis shows that production costs for some Northwest European producers are down around 43% compared with the same time last year, whilst US golf costs are down around 18%. Ukraine is benefiting from lower gas costs, and seven out of the nine urea plants in the country are now running. Exports are likely to double this year to about 1.5 million tonnes. These lower production costs could be a driving factor for the coming months if prices come under pressure during a traditionally weaker July-August period when most Northern Hemisphere markets west of Suez are out of season. I'll explain a bit further by looking at China. The average cost of China coal production based on anthracite has fallen around 10% versus last year. It's fallen around 5% based on bituminous coal, and for gas-based producers, it's declined between 6 and 7%. China is the swing producer and exporter. Over 90% of its urea output is consumed domestically and then the balance is exported. At present, domestic prices reflect over $245 a tonne FOB, a level well above international prices, which are nearer $230 a tonne FOB. So exports have largely stalled. But the test will come in July and August when domestic agricultural demand ends and exports are the main focus. To compete into markets like India, lower prices will have to be accepted. Chinese capacity is between 67 to 68 million tonnes, and Argus estimates that over 80% of Chinese manufacturers can produce urea at around $220 a tonne FOB and below. This means Chinese suppliers will have some headroom to lower prices and still make a profit, meaning fewer make up production during this low season. Presuming Chinese exporters lower prices, this could set the floor level internationally next quarter. So the interplay between China and India could have a key role in third quarter price developments. Thank you. What about capacity changes? Are there any new additions that we should be mindful of? It seems some of the new capacity additions have been delayed by COVID-19, but there are a few to keep an eye on. In India, the 1.27 million a tonne a year Ramagundan unit is expected to start up sometime in the third quarter. This is part of the wider government aim of reducing India's reliance on imports. In Iran, the new ammonia urea complex at Lordagon is scheduled to start up commercial production in September. It has a capacity of 3,250 tonnes a day of granular urea 
and is expected to focus on exports. Dangote's nitrogen fertilizer complex in Nigeria that comprises of two granular urea plants, each capable of 1.3 million tonnes a year, may be up and running by the end of the year or early next year, and this will add to global export supply. Also, Indorama's second urea unit in Nigeria is scheduled to start up around the end of the year or early next year as well. Thank you very much, Carl, and thank you all for listening. We will be back soon with another one of these podcasts on trends shaping the nitrogen markets. Until then, thank you for joining us. Thank you.